How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Good to be with you. Hey, before we dive in, I do want to let you know if you are in the Portland area or you're interested in coming out to the Portland area, uh, there is an, a conference, a parenting conference called Intentional Family Conference uh, here in Portland at Westside Church uh, on March 8th and 9th. Uh, so it's coming up pretty quick. But again, if you're in the area or you need an excuse to come out to this area, this is going to be a really, really good conference. Um, the reason I'm telling you about it is because a lot of the guests that we've had on this show in the past are going to be speaking at the event. So Phil and Diane Comer, who wrote the book um, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, um, Bob Goff is going to be there. Jefferson Bethke is going to be speaking there. So it's one of the best parenting conferences I've seen in a long time. So I just thought since we've had so many guests uh, on the Dad Tired show in the past that are going to be speaking there... I would just make you aware of that and let you know. Uh, I talked to the the organizers of the event and they said that they would put together a uh, code for you, a little coupon code for you. Um, so if you go to the, in, their website to buy tickets, which is intentionalfamilyconference.com and you use the promo code DADTIRED, you'll get $10 off a ticket. That's only going to last a week though. So, so from the time you're hearing this, which should be Monday the 11th, um, starting one week after that, or I'm sorry, starting on the 11th and for one week after that, you can get a ticket, use the promo code DADTIRED and that'll get you $10 off. Um, that'll be a great conference. So if you're in the area or you want to make a trip out to the area, that will be well worth your time. Also, we do Dad Tired conferences all throughout the country. If you if you want to find one in your area, um, go to dadtired.com, click the conferences tab and that will show you all the conferences that we do as a ministry. Um, at churches all throughout the United States, even one in Australia coming up in the Newcastle area. Um, so check out that. If you want to host one of those conferences, we'd love to be part of your church and um, partner with your church to just host a Dad Tired Conference for men there. You'll see a link on how to get involved in hosting on dadtired.com when you click the conferences tab as well. A um, couple more spots left for Haiti. If you're interested in joining us and going to Haiti in October, we'd love to have you. Uh, if you're a wife listening to this, I highly encourage you to encourage your husband to come with us. It's going to be a really, really good trip for guys to just get outside of their normal routine, to serve, um, to just break away. So give them permission to, to break away for a week. And I know that's a big sacrifice, but I think it's going to be well worth it. So anyway, those are some things that are going on in the Dad Tired ministry. As always, you can go to dadtired.com, click the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. If you're not connected with us there, definitely a great place to get connected. Today, I have the lead singer of Switchfoot, uh, who's been a, uh, has been a favorite band of mine um, for a long time. Uh, even when I was back in high school, I'd always been a big fan of theirs. So John Foreman is going to hang out with us today. He's going to talk about culture, his journey as a dad, uh, his journey being a pastor's kid, um, all kinds of good stuff. So I think you're going to really enjoy today's interview. So without any further ado, John Foreman from Switchfoot. Sing to me, baby, in your native tongue. Sing the words of the wise and the young. Show me the place where your words come from. Love's the language, love's your name. John, super excited to have you on today. Thanks for hanging out with us. For the listeners who may not be familiar with you, like the two guys who have never heard of you, uh, can you tell us who you are and what you're up to these days? Yeah, so... I'm honored to be here. My name is John Foreman, and I write music. I, I play in a band called Switchfoot, and I've got some solo stuff, and 
side job, side project with uh, Fiction Family. And yeah, and then I go surfing when I'm home. <laughs> yeah, right before we hit record, we were just talking about the fact that the rest of the country right now is getting hit with some serious, crazy cold weather, and you were surfing this morning, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm not trying to rub it in. We we should have probably kept that off the recording. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the actual temperature in San Diego area right now? It's nice. It's like uh, 60s. Dude. The, the water is cold for us, so it's in the 50s, and <laughs> that'll wake you up in the morning, but there's no complaints. Yeah, man. Well, dude, you just wrote a new album. Uh, you guys just put out a brand new album called Native Tongue. Uh, tell us about that album. First, uh, before you dive into like what it's about, how long has it been since you had released an album? So we went on hiatus, um, what, a year and a half, two years ago, just kind of celebrating the the last 10 albums we've made as a band and taking some much-needed time off the road with with our family and um it's strange because a lot of my friends they they have dreams of being on stage or traveling around the world in a rock band and then i dream about tucking my kids in at night and Mm. and um driving them to school so (laughs) yeah it it was it was i guess for for me is you know it's a dream come true of a year Mm. and and then it was it was very strange because, you know, what do you do when when you're off the road? You're you know you're not supposed to be doing music, but then late at night these songs start coming to you and and um so I started sneaking back into the studio just for fun, just for the fear, you know, the the sheer joy of playing music and I guess that's how this record started was just not actually chasing songs but feeling seemingly being chased by the music instead, you know? Hmm. And what, what's it about? Like what, what kinds of things were inspiring to you as you were writing this? So native tongue for me, I am a horrible liar and I, um, (laughs) my, my wife's birthday, she, I was trying to conceal a gift and she's like, just stop. That's you're just, (laughs) just stop. You're horrible at lying. Right. Um, and so I think it's the same with songwriting. I just, I tell the truth. I had one of my heroes, one of my friends tell me, you know, this hero, a friend of mine, tell me, hey, your job, your, God doesn't need a lawyer. Your job is to be honest. Hmm. And so Native Tongue is, is certainly in that vein. I feel like um, our, our news feeds, our Twitter feeds, our Facebook, Instagram, everything that I see um, seems to be conversations that have the language of fear or hatred or vision. And it seems like we as a species have forgotten our native tongue, Hmm. that we were spoken into being by love himself um, in the Judeo-Christian story. And even if you don't ascribe to that, um, the, the idea that each of us has been uh, painstakingly loved into existence by mm. foster parents, parents, grandparents, um, older siblings, whatever it is. I mean, the sheer amount of hours of waking up in the middle of the night and giving a bottle, comforting 
teaching how to ride a bike, whatever it is, like the hours that it takes to make a human, those are representative of the love that we have all received. Um, so the idea being that underneath these divisions, underneath our fear is a commonality that's much deeper than that. And that love is our native tongue. Hmm. It's really beautiful, man. It's really well said. Um, we've got a newborn in our house. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I know the pain of getting up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. How, how old is yours? Uh, she is two week, two months old, two months okay. old now. Yeah. I so I've got, I've got, that's our third, but yeah. Wow. Three. Yeah, What's that Jim, Jim Gaffigan joke. Um, I think it's four, but he's like, you know what having four kids is like, it's like you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. Exactly. So exactly. I've got two and I can only imagine three. My youngest is seven months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same boat you're in. Yeah, dude. Um, going back to the music and the album, you, you guys have always been like believers or followers of Jesus in a band, but never like explicitly a Christian band. Was that like a, was that a conscious decision or is that just something that happened? I don't know what a Christian band is. Uh, (laughs) I feel like you don't shop at a Christian guitar strings store or there's no like Christian guitars. A Fender is a Fender. Right. A G chord is a G chord. (laughs) Drew, our guitar player, always jokes that the only Christian chord is a G sus. (laughs) But I think that's just a corny joke. Um, The truth is we're all sinners in need of grace, looking for our story, looking for meaning, existence, purpose. You know, and we grew up as a band. um, Our story is a little different. My my dad's a pastor, but the reason why I play music was – was Led Zeppelin. So he taught me Stairway to Heaven. Nice. And I didn't really see a delineation between uh, sacred and secular from the very beginning. I mm. kind of, I still, when people see, you know, seem to divide their music collection like this, I just wonder, you know, where do you put deeply spiritual music from Bob Dylan, uh, Johnny Cash, um, you know, Bob Marley, whoever. I mean, I, for me, my favorite music has 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 this idea that that we are more than just this temporal being, that there's a spiritual, non-material element to our existence. And so I guess we, we grew up playing in churches, bars, bar mitzvahs, uh, coffee shops, <laughs> wherever anyone would have us. And that's kind of been our philosophy we want everyone invited to the party it's super super interesting man because i think that what you just hit on in specifically in like the music realm is something that i think christians deal with on a bigger scale which is the compartmentalization of their faith and the way you said we've kind of you we've got like a playlist for quote-unquote christian music and then the rest of it um it just made me think like how many of us are uh, doing the same thing on like a grander scale. Like I've got the, like the Jesus time and the, like the, the church time. And then like, I take that hat off and I go into like work mode uh, and I'm like a worker. And then I take that hat off and I'm like a dad um, where what I was getting from what you just said, it's like, it's all blended together. It's like, 
uh, you can't separate the deeply spiritual part of us that's just ingrained into our DNA. Yeah, you know, and I do think, like you said, it's it is a huge conversation that I think that our our musical genre kind of unearths that we have this delineation, which is very Greek in its thought, the idea that you can compartmentalize things. And, mm-hmm. and to some extent that can be helpful to understand things. You, you divide it up and you, you can kind of look at it as, as an entity unto itself. But the truth of the matter is that you have one corporal body that you bring to church, you bring to work, you bring to the bar, wherever you go, you know? So I think to try and divide it up like that, um, in real life, it sounds like it's going to cause some sort of an ulcer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, dude. Well said. Um, was it hard for you to adjust like this last year when you guys took a break and were just home? Was it hard for you to adjust being like dad at home versus dad on the road? Yeah. Very, it's very strange. Um, because we've been in a band for decades and we have done this for a long time. You get, you know, you get good at whatever you do. And, accustomed to it and so i do think the challenge for anyone who is you know there is no such thing as normal but a little bit more conventional lifestyle just being being home with a nine to five job i think that the challenge is to find the wonder in the daily routine Mm -hmm. because so often you know we look for the next for the next i'm looking for the weekend i'm looking for that one big vacation um and the reality is there's all sorts of little moments of beauty and wonder and joy and pain and everything in between um, that we kind of want to fast forward. But if we're not careful, you know, we, we do fast forward through the best stuff, right? I, I know mm-hmm. as a band, the, the corollary would be sometimes you meet a young band and they're, they're looking for, you know, they're playing this one big show at the end of the month and, and for us as a band, sometimes the big shows were not the most enjoyable. They were not the most life-changing. It was the small, tiny show that there are 15 people there, but that was that was the one. And the big show is the one that feels like you could skip. So I guess the the same is true at home. Just trying to, for me this last year, trying to slow it down and be present to the moment. Which is just personally for me, dude, like one of the hardest things to do um, to find to find joy in the mundane um, and to not look to the future for like something else to satisfy or to give you some kind of joy or rush, um, but to be fully present. Um, yeah, dude, that's a hard lesson, but I think one that's super, super needed and valuable right now. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, I think it's even it's increasingly hard with our connection to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have almost seemingly infinite power at our fingertips in our pocket with the cell phone mm-hmm. that, you know, millennia of human existence have never understood. They've never even dreamed of the power we have and the access we have. And right. yet at the same time, this, you know, this seeming omnipotence isn't, it comes with a price, you know, that right. suddenly you're not actually in the room. You're not with your kid. You're, you're somewhere else, you know, your head's somewhere else. So that is, it is super hard, easier said than done for sure. 
if you could be born in a different uh, era, <laughs> what would it be? Different century, def- decade? What? Where would you would wanted to be born? Oh man, I mean, I I kind of I feel fortunate in that I knew a world before cell phones. Yeah, and I feel like an old soul, and an, like uh, in that respect, I don't. I've got an iPhone four and <laughs> nice man. I just, I, it does what I want and, and it's gradually becoming obsolete because all the apps <laughs> no longer work on my operating system. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, Bruce Brown, endless summer era of the sixties or maybe Steinbeck go a little further back. Yeah. I do love California and I feel like, it, I feel a strong connection with the West coast. Um, but yeah, no complaints. I mean, I love, I love right now is a beautiful, incredible, potent place to live. I agree. Yeah. I've actually never asked anybody that question on this show. <laughs> it just made me curious, uh, when we were talking about like the technology and how much of a, um, power that has in our lives for good and bad. Um, you can probably hear my, can you hear my two month old screaming in the background? I apologize for that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. Any, anyone to have compassion. I, I feel you. I'm that guy on the plane. I used to be upset or, or a little bit annoyed when there'd be a kid crying. And now I'm just like, Oh, yep. is that my kid? Yep. No, I'm good. I'm, all I have is mercy and grace and love, you know, I appreciate it, man. Um, can we go back real quick to you talking about your dad as a pastor? Like, what was that like growing up? You, there's all kinds of like, I feel like it's one end or the other as far as people's experiences with their dad as a pastor. Um, they what either was it like are, for you? Yeah, they're they're like out raping and pillaging and you know, <laughs> or they're like in the ministry, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, I I think that anyone who grows up in that kind of an environment where it's, it's a position where there's certain expectations, um, looking, I can only see it in, in hindsight, you know, at, at the time you're just a kid and that's all, you know, right. But I do think that my dad did a really good job of letting me know that I was my own person hmm. and that, he was responsible for him and I was responsible for me. And there was never any, like you have to do this because it looks bad for me. If you do Mm. this, you know, Mm. like that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I was the long haired guy playing Led Zeppelin in church. Yeah. Um, to to the point where other kids were the ones who were telling me, Hey, you can't play that. That's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's kind of not, you could play it somewhere else, but not here, you know? So I, I do think that, and you know, that, that looking at it now as a, as a parent, that's, that's the goal, right? To, to let our kids know that they are loved as they are, that they don't have to try and fit into something else, fit yeah. into somebody else's clothes. Yeah. Was there, was there anything that you like, anything in particular that you took away from your experience as a kid that now you're implementing as a dad or anything that you're like, I, I for sure didn't want to do that, even though that was my experience as a kid. Huh. Well, I think you realize, you know, I've been here for on the planet for a minute, and you realize life is longer than you think it is. 
in that the moment feels like it is the only thing that matters is this one thing. And that I think I want to certainly be in the moment, but to not let the crisis of the moment dictate the, the compassion and, and to allow for possibilities of, of, of whatever the future may hold. Yeah. You know, the idea that, I mean, to, to let, I think there's, there's an expression, um, that my dad would always say, um, save your bullets. Hmm. And I think that that was the, that's kind of the thing that I want to do with my kids. There's, there's a time to fire, you know, where you say, Hey, this is the, this is the hill I'm going to die on. This is truth. This is, this is right. And then there's other hills where you say, you know what, you want to dye your hair green? Okay. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this isn't the hill that I'm going to die on. Yeah. You go dye your hair green. Let's see how, let's, let's play this version of yourself out and let's <laughs> right. see where it goes, you know? Right. Cause there, yeah. I think that's the, the beautiful terror of having kids is someday they will be out of the house. They will be autonomous and they will be making their own decisions. You know, basically how do you let go slowly? Yep. It's good, man. It's good stuff. Um, your, your album, your new album just was number one, uh, alternative rock album on Amazon. Is that right? I think so. Dude, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Man, yeah. No, it, it's been, it's it's so funny because you, the numbers are, are so strange because you, you, I mean, certainly it's tied to making a living and, and bringing home income for my family and everything else. But at the same time, when you're writing a song and when you're delivering an album, you don't want numbers to be at all what you're thinking about and right. and i think even reviews all these things you try and make music that's true and beautiful and good and then at the end of it to to have uh to have a positive first first week is at the same time a very i'm thankful for it you know yeah that's awesome man well congratulations on that that that's got to feel good to sneak back into the studio after a little while and start writing some songs and then see that people are appreciating it and enjoying it as much as you uh, wanted them to. That's got to feel good. Yeah. And the, the, the funny thing about where we're at as a culture musically is I feel like this album couldn't have existed 10 years ago Hmm. in that um, we've always had so many different sides of us and been excited about so many different types of music and I feel like the playlist generation is has finally come to a place where kind of a Sergeant Pepper's approach to an album is is a, once again appropriate, you know, where we can have like the goal for this album was to have 14 different types of music we love on mm. on the record. You know, we've got kind of. Um, Kayla Sinclair from M83 is singing and playing synths. It sound, sounds kind of a little bit like my favorite part of the 80s. Um, yeah. There's like, there's a little bit of a nod to my Led Zeppelin cover band in junior high. Um, yeah. 
with Take My Fire. There's more modern stuff we did with our friends in One Republic. And uh, there's a track that has has strings that were arranged by this guy that uh, worked with Paul McCartney. You know, mm. so basically all these different flavors. Um, we wanted to bring the listener on this journey, you know. So I not only am I thankful that that it's out, but I'm thankful that we get to make this kind of music. <laughs> it's just a gift. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, and people can hear it like live, which is cool because you guys are going, you're about to start a tour um, next month or February. Um, tell us about that. Yeah. So February 14th, is that Valentine's Day? Yep. Yeah. So that's. Uh, Married dudes don't know when Valentine's Day is. That's like a single dude holiday. Right. <laughs> I so the the reason why I know is because that's the day our tour starts. Where it's like, <laughs> right. Happy Valentine's Day, honey! I'll be gone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the concept, I I think it was completely coincidental. But I'm t- I'm saying now that the the album is Love Is Our Native Tongue. Of course, it had to start on Valentine's Day, right? Right. <laughs> 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 you you guys are going to be all over. I'm looking at your dates now. You guys are like all over the place yeah we are hitting um a lot of north north america spots we've got i think japan and europe coming up after that and yeah it's it's gonna be a wonderful thing to be able to play these songs live for people around the world yeah man you looks like you'll be in my neck of the woods in april so i'm gonna make it a uh uh a priority to take my wife on a date. You guys will be at the crystal ballroom, which is one of my favorite spots here in Portland. I so love that uh, spot. Yeah. It's a cool place. So I will, uh, I'll come see you, man. I'll bring my wife. We'll try to leave the kids at home, have a drink, enjoy some good music. All right. Enjoy yeah. the bouncy floor there. Enjoy the bouncy floor, which is always a little bit frightening. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet man. Well, how can people stay connected with you and just s- stay along with what you've got going? Yeah, um, go to switchfoot.com, and we've got an email list there. We've got, of course, Twitter and Instagram, Switchfoot, and then my own personal handle is uh, John Foreman, J-O-N, Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N. I used to say, like, the fighter, but it's kind of more like the the grill now. <laughs> right. Especially with the advent of UFC, like people have long forgotten about the four oh, yeah. days. There used before. to be this sport called boxing. <laughs> right, and right. there was this guy. <laughs> Although boxing's come back because UFC fighters are like going over to the boxing. That's right. Uh, anyway, That's right. That's a whole nother discussion. Yes. Dude, thank you, man. I know, I know you're super busy and you got a lot going on. Plus you got to get back to surfing while everyone else freezes. <laughs> but <laughs> thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, so long. Yeah.